listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and, kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a thousand agents across the country and they are people that listen to the show. And so when you go through real estate agents, I trust it's sent to somebody who already you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is real estate agents. I trust dot com. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope the first segment gave you some food for thought. And I'm deadly serious when I say I really hope that you take some time out this weekend and question whether your politicians define you or whether you define your politicians. And by the way, I know I was speaking about Donald Trump in that segment. I mean any politician. If your guy is Ted Cruz or you're, you know, you're a John Kasich or a Hillary Clinton fan or a Bernie Sanders fan, I mean it for everyone even who you're supporting, the Senate or your the House or your local state representatives, who what defines you? One of the things I want to try and I, I try in the show to do, and I'm going to keep trying harder, is to highlight why I think America is exceptional. Not putting other people down, but just to you know testify to your greatness at every opportunity. And the rest of this show is going to be about Irish politics and giving you some food for thought. Um, but one of the things I want to do is take a principle and explain it to you. Prior to July 2nd, 1776, on your founding, the world had a, a similar pattern. And it was that every relationship with man, among man and man with their government, was kind of the same. America changed that at your Declaration of Independence. And I want to read out to you something if you know your founding documents will sound very, very um, familiar. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. That is part of your Declaration of Independence. I want to reread just a small part of that just so it's fresh in your memory. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. That's America's Declaration of Independence. Let me quote you from one of the party's manifesto in Ireland in the last election. And this is pretty much consistent all the way through. But this is a very good, succinct way of highlighting the opposite of how Ireland and other countries exists. And I'm paraphrasing now. Citizens have rights. And it is the responsibility of the government to deliver them. Some of these rights include a home, education, security, equality, and decent health care. 
I always find it funny how if you watch what I call status, what you would probably call socialists or progressives, if you watch their language, they always give you a little snippet. They always give you a little snippet into their mindset. So you're no adjective for a home or education or security or equality, but you're only entitled to decent healthcare. My definition of decent healthcare could be to entirely, totally different to your definition, and that could be totally different to someone else's. That is the difference. One is to protect rights, and one is to deliver them. Which do you think is a system that is better and more fair? Now, as I was reading these pages, manifestos, some as short as 20 pages long and some as, as long as 150 pages long, it's great. I love this, the status, you know, no matter what, you know, in way Karl Marx is right, you know, that sometimes um, the working man has more in common with working men in another country than they do with their own countrymen. Um, that was one of the, you know, the workers of the world unite. And when I was reading this, I, I, I laughed out loud several times because I saw some of the following phrases. And these are taglines, you know, they're, they're, they're big, they're, they're what your manifesto is standing for. And I read the, the, the socialist one first, just for kicks and giggles. And I opened up the manifesto and there it is, big, bold, bulky letters. Share the wealth. You ever, ever heard that in America before? Then I opened another one, an Ireland for all. Then as I was reading through certain policies, I, I heard some of these following lines, and I'm sure you've heard this before. I, I, can't, I can't place where. We need to invest in our roads, our transports, and our broadband, and including 4G. You change a few words, roads and bridges. I'm not going to mention names. You all know who I'm talking about. And then there was this other tagline, which was great. It was big, bold letters. There's no more time for the boom in big letters and busts. We need a recovery for the average family. You know, just on a side point, before I get down to the actual policies, the one thing I'm always amazed about, and I actually don't understand how to get away with this. So... If you, if let's just put 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 aggressive, a progressive mind on for a minute, or a socialist mind, you know the left mindset, and look at someone like me who's for freedom, for the free market, for who thinks income tax is immoral. I'm a hater. I'm a bigot. I'm a racist. I hate women. I hate everyone, and I'm just not compassionate. Yeah, as I read these policies, both in America and as I was reading these Irish policies, it was all about the average and the middle class. You know, if you were compassionate as they would claim to be, you would think that you would focus all your policies on the poor, not the middle class, not the people who actually do something. I just find that ironic and how we now live in a society where if you're extremely rich or extremely poor, we don't give a crap about you in politics terms. It's all about that middle, that healthy middle, the average. So as I was reading, Oh, by the way, the other thing, second point I forgot to say to you. It was amazing how many times I read the following words. What do, you, what do you think is the word I read the most in those manifestos? Any guesses? 
let me tell you. The word fairness. I read the word fairness or fair so many times it was frightening. What is fair to you is not going to be fair to me, is not going to be fair to Donald Trump, is not going to be fair to Ted Cruz, is not going to be fair to Glenn Beck, is not going to be fair to Sean Hannity, is not going to be fair to Hillary Clinton, is not going to be fair to Chris Matthews. We all talk and write now as if, well, fairness is this defined thing. Well, that's fair. You know, your fair share. That's not fair. We need a fairer society. And of course, we use these vague terms so we can have so much debate. Now, if you watch the Irish election, or it was incredible. The one positive thing about the Irish election, I will say this about it. I'll, I'll do the positive before I do the negative. The one positive, it was like three weeks and two days, or three days. It was fantastic. It was like, we're calling an election, it's going to be this Friday, boom. And three and, a week, three and a half weeks later, it was done. You know, it's so much better that way. It also has its pit side because you don't get to discuss the issues that much. But, you know, compared to America, whereas, like, there are some people, I'll, hands up, I'm one of them, who's like, oh, my God, the, the 2016 elections. What what did that straw poll say in August 2015? As we're living it, not now. But, you know, as you're living, you're like, oh, they won a straw poll? Oh, my God. Um, In, like, Ireland, it's like three weeks done. Um. And as I'm seeing the crap that's going on now, oh, bathrooms included, I kind of like, yeah, three weeks is pretty good. So when you watch the elections, you see all these politicians using, you're, you're a neoliberal and you're a liberal and you're a socialist and you're this, and they hate each other. And they, they destroy each other. But when you actually delve down into the principles, and I am, see if you can actually see any difference in principle, or do you just see difference in policies? So, what did they all agree on? Well, there were some issues they all could come together in their pa uh, manifestos. They all agreed Palestine should be recognized as a state. They all agreed in abortion. Some agreed with just, you know, when there's uh, fatal anomalies, some with the health of the mother, some just, yeah, abortion on demand. They all agreed that zero-hour contracts are a bad thing. This actually, I want to talk about this for a second because it's an economic policy. And it actually affects me in Ireland right now. So a zero-hour contract is a contract. I don't know. I'm sure you have something similar in the States where you're guaranteed zero hours a week. But you could end up working 30, 40, 50, 60 hours. It's just you're not guaranteed a certain amount of hours each week. This suits me. I love it. But the, also the truth is the Irish economy sucks. And it's really hard to get a job. If you ban zero-hour contracts, what's going to happen? People like me are going to be back on the dole. The fact that I have an agreement with my employer that says, hey, you're not guaranteed any hours, but when we need you, we'll call you and then you can come to work. And I have that agreement and it's in a written binding contract. The fact that a government can go along in an election and say, yeah, they're no longer allowed, they're legal. That they can make a contract between me and a company Null and void like that. Is that something you want the government to have? That's just a small point, just something to think about. What else did they all agree on? Well, of course, they all agreed on resource centers. We need more resource centers. And what a resource center is, well, they're these little centers that you set up in populous areas 
and they're for a certain thing. You know, so you have LGBT, you have a homeless center, you have an elderly center. They all provide services for a certain demographic. They all need more of these. We need more funding centers, all paid for by the government and the taxpayer. Of course, naturally, Ireland being the nation that it is, it's part of Europe, part of the UN, and very proudly so. It's such a great thing. We all believe in climate change. We believe in the UN figures, and we all agree we have to hit the CO2 and emissions targets. And one of the ways to do that is, you know, if you all drive less cars and get more public transportation, which, of course, results in more money for the public transport. So what did they disagree on? And this is where I would ask you to think about, is there much disagreement here? Is this like all a mirage? Because we're all supposed to hate each other. You know, just to give you some background, Ireland has what they call civil war politics. And the two main parties, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, they're the civil war. And they will never see eye to eye on things. There's this hatred. If you're in Fianna Fáil, you hate Fianna Gael and vice versa. And basically, it all boils down to a load of nonsense. But it all boils down to one thing. One party wanted a united Ireland and thought, you know, Michael Collins shouldn't have agreed to the 26 counties, that he should have went back and demanded the 32. And another thing said, we'll take the 26 and we'll get the other six at another date. That's what it all boils down to. There was an Irish civil war and it's all, uh, I'm sorry, I don't love Ireland. I can't really be much passionate about it. Um, but that's what it's all about. We all hate each other, you know. If you're in this party, it's like, in many ways, it's like America. If you're in the GOP, you hate Democrats. If you're in the Democratic Party, you hate Republicans. And if you're in either of them and you are a Tea Party person, you, well, they all can agree on one thing. They hate you more. Um, that's just the way it goes. So I'm going to take one more quick break, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tr go through all these policies with you, and let's see if we can find any difference on principle, not policy. I'll be right back, America. Don't go anywhere. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 